Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Journey Church Home Group Podcast. Man, we're excited to get into this next season, uh, see what God has in store for us, and we know that you are excited too. Uh, today, we have Vinay and Leah with us to talk uh, more specifically to our new home group leaders uh, with some information that's going to help you get prepared for your new group. So I know you're ready. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone. I'm Leah. And I'm Vinay. Thank you for tuning in with us today. We want to speak to all you new home group leaders out there, and hopefully we'll be able to answer many of the questions that you've been asking in your head. If you're a seasoned leader, we want to welcome you too. Some of this will be repeat information for you, but as always, it's good to have a refresher and everyone be on the same page as we enter a new home group season. You're welcome to take notes uh, as you listen in, but we just want you to know that there will be a link to the show notes in this document that we're going over, so you'll be able to reference that at any time. All right, so we want to uh, go through this information with you. We broke it up into three different sections. Uh, we want to talk about leader expectations, group expectations, and then we'll finish up with uh, creating your home group plan. So let's jump right into the leader expectations. Uh, we could have had a long list of expectations, but when we really thought about it, we feel like everything we could have said, we could narrow it down to these two things. It would fall under these two categories. And if you can just do these two things, we'll be able to have successful home groups and everything else will flow from this foundation. So these two things are, one, we want you to be committed and two, be consistent. The first thing we're going to talk about is being committed. Um, you are training and building up people, and it's really, it is considered a ministry. It's an extension of what takes place here at Journey every single week. Um, God is going to work through you and the space you provide in your home for others to encounter him more. So it's really important that we give it our all for those six weeks. Commit your time to praying over the people that are in your group and, um, you know, your effort and how you're preparing every week and the attention to the details and all of those kinds of things. Uh, it's really, it shows people know when we've committed our time and effort to something, and so we just want to really make sure that we're giving our all for those six weeks that we've committed to. The next thing we want to talk about is being consistent. And we want you to be consistent in pursuing Jesus personally so that your cup is full and you have enough to spill over into other people's cups each week. Um, you're not personally responsible uh, to solely pour into the group of your members. However, as the leader, people will look to you for help with weighing in on questions, and they're going to take cues based on your example of how they should be living their life, especially if they're brand new to following Jesus. I think that um, that is really important. I think that um, for myself, I know that when I first went walked into a home group and sat down, I was uh, so nervous because I, I knew everyone was a follower of Jesus and I was brand new to it. So I was looking at the way they talk, what word choices they were using, what they were watching on TV, uh, the music that was in the room, every single thing. Uh, I'm looking around their house to make sure that like, what does it look like to live like Jesus or some for somebody who follows Jesus? Um, what word choices do they have? I remember sharing uh, in my home group that I love this show. And the girl actually, the home group leader pulled me aside. She's like, you probably shouldn't watch that show. You know, there's a lot of nudity and there's a lot of things that, um, that it, I like that show too before, but it, how it can pollute your mind. And I was like, oh good. Like she taught me that. Um, and looking back in my life, like she's right. It does pollute your mind. Um, what you what you are watching is what you become. And so those are the type of things that you would want to notice within yourself. So, um, because ev they're watching, they're watching every move that you make. Yeah, and you just didn't know you were new to faith, and so you are taking cues around from, from others that you're watching who you're who you think you know have been here for a while and they're they're established in their relationship with Jesus, and so you naturally just want to follow what they're doing, and so. It's important as leaders to keep that in mind that, that you're a living example and people are going to be taking their cues from how you're living your life. So, exactly. yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, also, we're going to be consistent with our, our start and our stop time. Um, you know, your demeanor each week, how you handle yourself. You know, I know we're going to all go through different things in our lives, um, but that's why it's so important that we lean and rely on Jesus so that we're able every week to, to you know, have the same personality. It's kind of can be frustrating or awkward for people when one week we're happy and bubbly and the next week, you know, we're, we're, we're down. And so, um, we just want to be mindful of that, uh, to, you know, have that same demeanor every week and, um, to have consistency with what we're each week, like how we're conducting our groups. And so, um, predictability in groups creates comfortability and, uh, people will be more inclined to participate when they can anticipate how things will go. And so I know sometimes predictability, uh, can be considered, you know, something that, that 
is, is maybe not as fun or can be boring, but in a home group setting, that is actually what sets the foundation for people to be able to feel comfortable when they know what's going to take place. They know when, when it's going to start, when it's going to stop. Um, they're able to, to calm down, relax, and, and be more inclined to participate with that. So as a leader, those are your uh, two things that will set your foundation, be committed and be consistent. And we're going to roll right into number two, which is group expectations. So what do we expect um, your group to look like? Uh, if you have been to several home groups or only one, you'll notice that there are some things in a home group that is consistent all across the board. And um, that is what we expect for uh, your group as well. You want to create a comfortable environment. I kind of want you to just take a moment and remember the first time that you walked into Journey Church, um, or maybe you have given it uh, that VIP experience. You knew exactly where you needed to park. Um, you, the music uh, was loud and inviting and made you comfortable. It, it smelled good inside. It was a clean environment. Uh, you, you got a cup of coffee, the, everything, you knew exactly um, what to do walking right through your experience. And that's what you want to help make your, uh, your group feel as well. So be overly welcome, invite them inside, show them around, show them where the bathroom is, um, where do your kids need to go, where are the, where's the food, where should they put their food down, where they, make sure in the first minute that they feel completely comfortable and already feel just as home, just like what we do every single Sunday. Uh, you always going back to the music, we will uh, provide you music on uh, your leader page, which we'll get to soon uh, about. And this way, um, you won't have to, you know, spend all night trying to find a playlist that will uh, fit your group in a certain way. We will provide that for you. Um, and you can play it through Alexa, you can play it through Spotify. Um, and and that way that when they walk in, it's not that awkward silence. Yeah, this is a big one because I know Steve and I will walk into restaurants sometimes and they won't have music playing. And, you know, it's really awkward. You can hear the conversation at the table next to you. You can hear people eating and you just you don't feel like continuing to talk yourself because it's just really, really awkward. And so going into different, you know, situations like that, uh, obviously here at Journey, we play music for everything. And that's probably why, because we walked into those awkward experiences. And so we just want to pass that information on to you as well that, you know, if you want to create an atmosphere where people can come in and have side conversations immediately and begin to feel comfortable yes. talking with one another, you really want to have some background noise going on. And so um, I'm glad you noted, you know, we're, we, if you're searching for what kind of music to play, I mean, you can play what you want, but you know, we provide playlists for you um, that makes it just easy for you to click on. So, right. And we also um, once like Leah was saying, so people could have side conversations. I think that's a, a really great group expectation that we're going to, we're going to talk about. You as a leader, you want to initiate and ask questions, uh, make them feel comfortable that you that you care and that you want to know more about them. So those small talk uh, conversations that you have, like, where'd you from? Did you have a long drive? Did you come from work? Those those small things will make them feel comfortable. But really digging down uh, to getting to know who they are as a person uh, will make them feel more comfortable. And also making that connection to yourself. You're not just asking questions. You're making that connection within yourself. Oh, uh, you work here. I, you know what, I work close to there. You're just making that connection. Um, or you you drive on 422, oh, the traffic's horrible at this time. Like just even those small connections to one another makes them know that you're listening to them and that you care about them because ultimately when these people come into your home, they just want to feel loved and they want to feel welcome and that's a way to do it. And another thing is... Um, is making connections throughout those six weeks with each other. Once you start learning about your uh, your group members, it's easy to help connect to each other because ultimately groups is about fellowship and 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 making friends and stuff like that. So um, it's good to kind of you don't want to connect everyone to yourself. You want to connect them to each other. If they have children that are around the same age or they're in the same walk of life. Or as you get to know them and you and you're vulnerable. Um, they will become more vulnerable and that way you can help connect them within yourself and to others in your group. So, uh, be open, be transparent. And that's a big one. I think that's hard for us as people a lot, you right. know, being vulnerable, being transparent. Um, but I know Craig Rochelle's often said it's in our weaknesses that we relate more with one another than in 
you know, displaying our strengths. And so just remembering that, you know, God's word says his power is made perfect in our weakness. And so all the more for us to boast in our weaknesses so that his power can be even more displayed in us. And so, um, you know, just being, being vulnerable and transparent and sharing the realness of our lives, um, is just, it's so important and it makes others feel more comfortable to do the same. And so if you want a group that's actually going to grow and, um, have, you know, more deeper conversations with one another that really spur on that, that growth, it's probably going to really need some of that vulnerability and you lead the way as a leader in doing that. And then that gives that permission for other people to do the same. And it just really produces such great groups. So I think that is, it really is part of your foundation is because if you feel like if you ever been in a group or been around people just in general in your life, and it, it is that no one's being vulnerable. It starts with the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts with you becoming vulnerable so that, that you have set that foundation for your group so that they know, oh, I, I can talk about these things. I can open up. Um, I, I can be myself. Yeah, that even happened to me the other day in a conversation with my sister, who's my own sister. You would think I would feel completely, um, you know, free to have share anything with her but um you know I had been struggling with something and she kind of she actually took the lead and shared about something in her life that gave me permission I felt like to share with her something that maybe I would have felt was shameful before and so um and that just happened to me this past week so um definitely just encouraging everyone you know take that step forward first and just be vulnerable and it really um sets the stage for for great conversation and everyone else to do the same so All right, so let's talk about committing to the content at hand. So we want to keep everyone on track by steering conversations in the right direction. Um, This is not going to be a time for us as a leader or any other group member to push any personal views on politics or economics or really any other religious type of type of debates. Um, people should walk away from our groups talking more about Jesus's truths than your opinions or anyone else's opinions in the group. So we just want to be mindful of that and help keep the discussion content on topic. And so that's all we really need to say about that. Uh, so let's move on to the last section where we're going to talk about creating your home group plan. So Vinay, start us off with that. So this is basically the, the logistics. Um, this is how um, you'll set a plan. This is what it will look like across all of our home groups. Um, First, we're going to talk about how to access the group's website. Now, the group's website is um, it's off the Planning Center software, and this is just a site that keeps everything organized, all of your group members, all of their information, ways to communicate with them. Um, also, when they, if anyone joins your group, this is how you accept them. You will choose how big you want your group. So let's say you have space for just 15 adults. Once it hits 15 adults, it will close out on its own, but you will have to accept them. And so this group um, is very user-friendly. Uh, I never have anybody really have trouble with using this group uh, or with this website. It's really user-friendly for everyone. Um, and that's what it's called. It's called our group's website. It's an extension of Planning Center. So, you know, if you've been serving, you get emails from Planning Center. If you have kids, um, you we use uh, check-ins, which is also another, you know, extension of Planning Center. And so this is just the group's part of Planning Center. So that's the actual name of it. Um, and you, like you, Vinay said, you're going to get these group requests and you're going to accept those. And then it's going to cancel out when you have reached your limit. But this is essentially where you're going to be able to organize everything and communicate, like you said, um, through email initially. Yeah, this is how you will email them. Everything will be together. All of their information will be in there. And um, we we will keep up to date with how to use it in the future. Um, The very first thing you're going to want to do and you're going to want to think about, and uh, when Leah or myself meets with you and talks to you, uh, you'll want to set a time. So you want to pick a day, time of the week, um, and, and where you will meet. This will look different for anyone. What works best for you? Monday, Tuesday, all seven days of the week, you can meet any time of the day that you can meet. And um, are you going to be meeting at your home or some people um, maybe meet at a certain place where you can all meet together? Uh, typically, you meet at your home and uh, pick a day of the week that works best for you and, and a time. So uh, like what I was talking about a little bit 
about accepting group members, how do you recruit? How do you uh, how do you get your group to fill up? You, maybe you don't know many people at our church. You just have your little group that you know. How how are you going to fill your group? So uh, plan to free up some time on uh, March 13th and March 20th uh, to be at those home group sign-up tables. Uh, these tables are where you in, can invite people. You can in, encourage guests to stop at or uh, maybe people that you know that you uh, that you don't know to stop at those and um, and you can invite them to your group. Also, this is just a good opportunity as a leader to grow to help people uh, find the group that best works for them. You're not just there to grow your group in particular. Well, uh, you're there to help people take that next step of attending a group. Maybe for yourself, were you worried and were you nervous about signing up for a group and somebody brings you into their group, but maybe you were just a single person and they had like a big family. They're going to help. You want to help people get to the group that that best works for them. All right. And also um, invite friends, family, coworkers to your group, your neighbors. This is a great opportunity. It can be very scary uh, for when we invite people to church to come because they still don't expect what it's going to be like. But everyone knows what it's like going into somebody's home and especially if they know you. So this is actually a beautiful opportunity for you to be able to invite those people that you've been wanting to come to church um, into your home where they would feel more comfortable and be a part of that group. These groups are not just for people that attend Journey uh, because ultimately the goal is uh, to t- to build God's kingdom. And we can do that um, on our couches. And it's happened before. Yep. And we exist for those not yet here. And so everything we do runs through that lens. And so our groups have to run through that lens as well, which is why they don't just exist for people within our group. We want people to come outside of journey that don't know anything about Jesus and come and find Jesus in your groups. And so um, that's what, that's what um, when we say, you know, look outside of journey as well and invite people. Okay, so what will your first week look like? Uh, Typically, um, the group leaders will order pizza and have um, everyone chip in some money. Uh, You can also ask them, maybe suggest that they bring in some sort of appetizer or dessert. Um, The first week, it it will look like you organize it. And then um, moving forward from there, when you have everyone come, you can talk about it at the end of the night and carve out some time for that. A lot of people who have larger groups, especially do sign up geniuses. And um, this is a great, a great accessory to keep your group organized. Um, Each week, most groups will do a theme. So sometimes it's Italian night and somebody brings meatballs, One, you know, somebody brings pasta or maybe like their famous dish that they make. Um, a lot of people do breakfast nights and there's just different theme nights also on our Facebook page, which we'll get to as well. Um, we kind of discuss some successful food ideas that have worked in our groups and then that is better for you guys to to um, come up with ideas as well. And we don't want this to sound stressful. And um, when you... When you decide each week what you're going to do um, and you make that sign-up genius, uh, everybody typically jumps on, pitches in, says what they're going to bring, um, and it, this isn't something that is you know, super overwhelming every week. It's just that first week you're, you're going to want to gather everybody and figure out, are we ordering pizza and everybody chip in you know, this amount of money, or are we going to let's do an app and dessert night. So bring your favorite app and dessert, that kind of thing. And I, actually, Vinay, last week you were talking about a home group that started um, – ordering out. Yeah, they just did they just do to go and they they figure out the best price. Try to keep it um little cheaper for everybody and it's just been easier because it was on a Thursday night and they were like everyone's coming home from work. Yeah. It's hard to cook. And if you have kids and all that kind of stuff, it's hard to, you know, to to yeah, get everybody home situated, cook something for home group and and take it. So that I thought that was I'd never heard of that actually until you said that last week. So I thought for for busy families, that's even an option. Everybody we're going to take out at this place and, you know, put your order in and or right. or they I guess what you're saying is they ordered normal stuff and everybody pitched in money yes. to yeah, that kind of thing. But anyways, you can kind of get creative with it and um, you know, do what you want with those nights as far as food goes. So um, all right. So the next thing we want to talk about is how to handle childcare. If you plan to offer childcare, um, you know, you can secure a sitter yourself. If you have a sitter you've used, um, regularly and, and you trust them and have a good relationship with them, of course, you know, find, find your own sitter. If you're having a struggle with that, we have used a company called, um, care.com and we've used them for different larger events and we've always had a great experience with the people that they have sent us. And so, um, that's all also an option for you to check into that, to find someone, you know, 
know, for childcare. Uh, typically, groups pay $5 per child each week up to $15 per family. And so just look at how many kids you will be having and just ensure that the sitter is getting at least $15 an hour and adjust the fee accordingly. Um, of course, if, you know, we're not going to adjust it lower than $5. Um, we just want to make sure that the uh, sitter's at least getting $15 per hour. We want to be generous. So if you see, well, you know, it's going to go far above $15 an hour, that's fine because, you know, Steve talks about all the time we want to live generously and we want to bless other people. And so um, that's what we're going to do. So it's at least $5 per child per week, you know, up to $15 per family a week. So um, and then we also suggest secure um, the babysitter the following uh, for the following week before you actually leave that night. So uh, have people pay their money for the n- next week coming up, and that just ensures that your sitter is already paid for in case you know, something happens and people have to cancel that week and they're not able to show up. Um, your sitter is still paid for the people that do show up. And so we want to be consistent in that. If we're not consistent in paying our sitter the same, um, you know, they're probably not going to be consistent in showing up for you. And so and a great way to secure that is by using apps like Venmo or, mm-hmm. um, Apple pay. I know like this past season, I noticed everyone had Apple pay or Venmo. I don't know if it's because the climate we live in now, but everybody was able to pay advance for our our group um by that way so it was it was it was the most successful way to get the sitter paid yeah all right and so then let's just move on to um you know what if we have negative behaviors um you know during during the night from from children in our in the child care and I mean that's just to be expected um all of you that have kids know uh kids are going to be kids and so um we're not going to anticipate something major happening but say there is some negative behavior that needs some attention what do you do about that and so we want to instruct the sitter that uh, we're going to give a warning to the child and if the baby behavior persists um, we're going to give like a two to five minute timeout depending on the child's age and then if the negative behavior continues after that well then we'll get the parent to come and have a conversation with the child and typically that I think um, usually remedies the the situation but you know should that still not take care of it and you need further intervention please reach out to us here uh, me or Vinay here and we will um, sit with you and you know communicate with who all needs to be communicated with to come up with a plan that you know uh, ensures that the sitter is not overwhelmed and that everything is running smoothly in the, as they're watching children in your home. So, um, that's how we're going to handle that. And then, um, let's move on to how to access the content, uh, for that night. So those are those, the questions that you will go over and we will have them given to you in multiple ways, but the best way is, um, through our leader page. And, um, this is just a hidden page through our site that will have all of the content and, um, information that you will need for each and every week. It will be updated every Thursday, um, for that following session, uh, that you will have. So, Each week, uh, you will find these questions, um, this video or podcast content uh, on this site. It will be listed, and you also have a music playlist, um, even just updates of anything that we will need to give you to help make the most successful group. Yep. So this is the leaders home group page. So it's separate than the groups page. Your groups page is where you're going to organize your group and communicate with your group um, and set the parameters for your group. But this is where you're going to actually access your content for each week that you meet um, and everything you need for that night's session will be there. And again, we're going to link all of this in the show notes. So you'll have that where you can click on that. Exactly. We also have a uh, leader Facebook page that I will send to you. Um, to this is just to help um, maybe other leaders have found successful things like I was saying earlier about maybe themed food or um, just encouraging Bible plans that they have done together. Uh, this is just a way to keep connected in that leader community where you can be even vulnerable and share pictures or questions or just things to help encourage one another. So we will send that to you as well. Yeah. All right. And so the last thing in this section we're going to talk about is time management. So the first time you meet with your group, it's going to be important that you lay out out a clear plan for how each meeting is going to go and set expectations for your group discussion. Um, For example, how long is discussion time going to be? Um, We want to, you know, encourage the group that we want participation, but we also have to be mindful of of everyone's time. And so when we share, we want to make sure we stay on point um, and so that everyone has time to share and things like that. And how are you going to end your time? Are you going to end taking prayer requests where everybody shares and then you know everyone prays for those prayer requests or is one person going to 
write all the prayer requests down and then maybe email the group those requests and everyone prays during the week. Um, you know, that's kind of up for um, flexibility with how you want to, you know, um, end your group's um, session. But these are the kind of things we're talking about with time management. Um, again, this is where predictability creates comfortability. And so you kind of need to have a timeline for everything that you're going to do that night and really stick to that timeline so that people know what to expect. Um, and it, and we're, we're being respectful of their time as well. And so um, we want to come up with that kind of a plan. Um, typically groups last around two hours. So to ensure that you have adequate time for each of these different, you know, things that you're planning, we're going to eat for a little while and then we're going to have the content and discussion time. And then maybe we're going to have the prayer time. Um, Vinay, you were saying last week yes. what your group did this last time. So I wanted you to share that because so that was really good. So we set a timer because uh, we had a lot of kids in our group and it's important that we respect the babysitter's time and that they know that when they are complete and that we also give enough time for everyone to be able to speak. Cause like I said, we had a larger group. So we only spent 20 minutes eating. And that way we told people they can bring their food to where we were sitting um, if they weren't finished. But just giving that 20, 25 minutes to, to kind of, you know, break that ice and eat and then head over to discussion because that's ultimately what was the most important part of that night. And then we set a timer um, to make sure that we gave ourselves uh, 10 minutes at the end to ask for a prayer request. And um, and we know that we stopped right at 8.30 to be sure that um, that the babysitters again, had, were able to, to bring the kids up from that. And, uh, some, we would hang out a little bit more if we needed to talk more. Somebody was, you know, really opening up, we would take time to talk to them as well. Um, but it's also important to kind of set that end time for your, for your group, because everybody's time is, is valued. Well, and I know your group had some people that were even traveling like 40 minutes yes. to get to your group and they had kids. And so, you know, getting them back home for, to be able to go to bed or different things like that. And I think your group was on a Friday night this time. So that actually was, you know, was probably okay. It was a weekend night, but we just want to be mindful of that with people. And, um, and so I thought I had never actually heard of a group setting timers. And I thought that was a really cool idea because it really does just kind of help you stay on task. And so, um, yeah, so we just wanted to suggest that to you, um, you know, that that would probably be something that would be helpful to, you know, keep everything moving and predictable again. So, all right, so we went over a lot of information, and um, you know it's it's exciting, but we also know that a lot of times immediately following something like this, the enemy is going to put doubts in your head about leading the group. So let's talk about feeling inadequate to lead. Um, you said yes to leading a group, and no matter how little or how long you've been following Jesus, the enemy doesn't want you to move forward in action. So you're going to have thoughts that pop up like, you know, you don't know enough, you can't pray enough, you can't provide enough for your group, and we just want to encourage you, don't give any room for these thoughts in your head. Um, Um, You said yes to God and God will give you what you need. Uh, He just needs a willing heart to connect his power to. And so you don't have to uh, feel like, you know, you, you have perfected prayers or you, you know, have a degree from a Bible college to lead a group. You just need to have a willing heart and he's going to work through you. So I don't know, Vinay, if you want to add something to that. No, I just know that uh, personally, uh, when we led a group, we weren't following Jesus that long. And we were actually in a, in a very weird situation with our family. And I was like, you know what? I just, I don't think that I'm ready because I won't have all the answers when someone asks me. Um, but again, I, I know I reached out to the leaders and they said, no, it, it, this is your time. You know, you'll be able to connect with these people uh in your way and where and God will meet you where you're at and I am so thankful that I ever uh, opened my doors to meet people in those groups because uh, we still have conversations over what had happened and ultimately uh, you you are leading a group but God will work through you and change you so much and make you uh, feel stronger so again don't let the enemy think that you are not ready uh, you don't know enough of the Bible because ultimately the change that God is doing within you is what they will see mm-hmm. and like you said if there if there does come a question that comes up and you you know don't feel like you have an answer and maybe there's no one else in the group that's you know sharing about whatever that question is you know you just uh, tell your group, we're going to learn this together. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take this to some of the staff at, at journey and we'll, we'll, you know, get an answer from them and we'll talk about this next week. And so there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing to feel weird about if that happens. I think that's happened many times in groups. Mm-hmm. And so you don't need to know every answer or be, you know, fully equipped in that way to, you know, know the Bible back and forward. Um, you, you just come to us and we'll help provide, um, answers for you in that. 
So at this time, uh, we thought it would be super helpful for you to hear from seasoned leaders, uh, not just to hear from us. So there's some five frequently asked questions uh, that we ask these leaders to answer, and uh, we think that it would be great for you to hear from them. So we're going to kick it over to them. Number one, I'm nervous about meeting with my group for the first time. What are some tips you can give me to ensure that the first group is a success? Uh, for me, something that makes me less nervous in leading a group is if I'm prepared and I know generally know the material um, and I'm confident that my TV and uh, however you're presenting the material, if that's streaming, making sure that that's all set up. Um, and one thing that makes me less nervous when I'm meeting new people is if I just have a couple questions in my back pocket that, can, that I can ask them, like, um, did you grow up around here? What do you do for work? That sort of thing. And that tends to get people talking. Yeah, I would say, like, the more prepared you can be, the better, because then you're going to feel comfortable welcoming people into your house. Um, just like we would say at church, like, you set the tone for what the evening's going to be like. So for me, I love to make sure there's music on so it's not, like, quiet or awkward. And we all know it's kind of awkward when you're meeting new people and especially, like, um, going into someone's like home that you've never been in. So you want to make sure you, your goal is to help them feel comfortable. So, um, whenever you have guests over, what do you do? Um, I put, you know, my diffuser on my candles. I, you know, put music on and, um, make sure that the house is looking good. Give yourself extra time so that you don't feel like you're rushing before people are getting there so that you can take a deep breath and prepare yourself to welcome people into your home. Yeah, I would say just don't be afraid to be overprepared. You're probably nervous for a reason because you you care about it so much, which is a good thing. So use that to be, just have all your ducks in a row and make sure everything's perfect, house clean, uh, welcome them at the door. Smelling good. Being friendly. And make sure that everybody knows where to park and where bathrooms are and things like that. Oh, yeah. Clear communication is going to set your group up for success. Vinay will email you a template, so making sure you're getting that to your group, that all the details are in there of what they can expect the first night. It's going to ease their anxiety and their nerves and make them more comfortable. I know personally I want to know all the things before I go into a situation, and so communicating that to them. And then when they get there, treat it like a Sunday. Make sure you're opening the doors and showing them the bathroom and um, making them feel welcome. So first off, I would say make sure music is playing in the background and um, maybe lighting a candle or turning on a diffuser, whatever is your jam, just to make sure guests see that you are ready for them and, you know, be ready to welcome them in at the door, show them the bathroom, things like that. Mm, um, also, doing simple something simple, for instance, if your um, group is over dinner, Something like um, pizza the first night with some chips and drinks. And you can even tell people in your initial email when you email them, you know, hey, let's everyone contribute 10 bucks so we can make sure we have pizza there and that's all ready and you don't have to figure out logistics ahead of time. Um, and then also if there's icebreaker questions or even content questions, just uh, don't put pressure on answering all of them. Um, I think the most important thing about the first week is establishing a connection with the people um, that are in your home group and making sure everyone has been introduced to each other and even just a little backstory of, hey, how'd you get to Journey? Or are you even a part of Journey? Or who are you to the home group leaders? Or anything like that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, and I would add coffee to that. Uh, sometimes people, depending on where it is, they maybe had a long day. So ha having a pot of coffee ready to go is a good thing. And then, yeah, the first week you just want it to be as simple as possible. Um, and that's it. We love doing pizza that first week. Number two, when gathering groups of people together for something like a home group, there is sure to be at least one over talker or an oversharer, a one upper or a super needy person in the group. While everyone's input is valuable, I want to ensure that the group stays on task and that everyone gets the chance to share and learn from each other. So please tell me how you handled these types of situations and what the outcome was. Yeah, we always like it when people share. Um, it becomes an issue when maybe they overshare or take over too much of the conversation. And one thing that's worked for me well in the past is 
to agree with them or affirm and hear what they're saying. And I would say something like, that's a really good point, something like that. And then if there's someone else who's in the group that you are a little bit more familiar with, um, sometimes you can ask them, you know, what do you think about this point? And that usually I'm able to steer the conversation to move forward doing that. Yeah. And as much as sometimes other people overshare, you as the host or the leader don't want to show overshare either. You want to make sure that you are, you know, brave enough to, you know, give space for people to answer questions and um, you want to reach out and maybe call on people um, or maybe even you just give everybody, um, tell them to pick one question that relates to them. And so then it doesn't feel so like, um, you know, like the spotlights on them or they have to answer a question. It's just like, well, everybody's going to answer a question. So pick which one you like, and then you can speak to that. Sometimes in the past, I would look at, you know, situations where people overshared and overtalked as like a negative. We did deal with it a little bit in our last session. And I will tell you that, um, it was definitely a positive because I feel like the person, you know, sometimes would kick off the first question and overshare a little bit, nothing like, inappropriate, but it definitely changed the atmosphere to make people comfortable enough. Um, and because they were vulnerable, then other people would share things. You kind of just have to like gauge your group and gauge the room. If it seems to be a chronic problem, you could always address that person privately. But I think sometimes if you like reiterate, like, Hey, like there's a lot of us, we got to get through the material, you know, keep it concise including that in your email. And then every time before you sit down to answer the questions, like going over like the rules of engagement, basically. And oftentimes, if you do have somebody who is super needy, a lot of times that's coming out of pain or trauma that they're going through. And so I try to like pour into that person a little bit more um, throughout the week as far as like maybe start a Bible plan with them or just have some like conversations with them outside of the group uh, because then it typically will eliminate them sharing a lot of that with the group. Yeah, this is a good one. We've had a lot of people and, and been in a different amount of groups where um, there was one person who just loves to talk and dominate the conversation. And a lot of that comes with just the way you set up the whole process um, and the talking. So if you just say, all right, here's the questions. What do you think? That's going to open up to people who are more comfortable talking. Um, and a lot of this, you'll hear some of the echoes through this, is a lot about setting expectations and preparing. So it, we like to use a die, a dice. And so not killing, not a die, we like to use a dice. And so you roll the dice and you come up with something to say, if there's three questions, if you get a one, two, or three, you have to answer the correlating question and then make up something else for the four, five, and six if you want. And what that, what that does is that uh, enables people to have that illusion of control where you can say, hey, you got one, hey, you know what, I don't want to answer one, can I answer number two? Sure, go ahead, answer number two. It's just to give them the, the thought that it's not you forcing them to talk. Hey, hey man, it's, it's the game, it's the die that's, that's, that's making you go. Um, the other thing is be patient. It's going to take some time for people to be able to, to open up. You'll be really surprised what people have to say. Um, and that die gives them the illusion to do that. Uh, the other thing I would say for over talkers or under talkers, it's kind of an advanced move. You can uh, curve the questions. So they, they roll the number. It's a two. You read the question number two. And you can even throw some phrasing in there to make the answer seem shorter or quicker. Like, hey, what's one example? Or like, hey, how do you feel about this one? And that can, that can help as well. Yeah, and I would also say that um, there's going to be people, you, you kind of have to read the room, but there will be people that are maybe even just completely new to church at all, and not require them to answer question is also okay. You can yeah. just skip right over them and, you know, just go to the next person. They're, usually more people are eager to roll a die so that it's not awkward. Um, and like I said, there we've had people in our group that we, we have just known, we were just happy they were there. And so just skipping over them is... Number three, if I'm providing childcare at my group, please tell me how you handled situations where a child or multiple children were not following instructions of the childcare worker and needed further attention. Okay, so when it comes to childcare, um, my encouragement would be as the host, um, depending on the layout or the size of your home, to be like to basically give yourself quick access um, to where the kids are if need be. Um, just in case. So 
it's kind of like when I host anybody for dinner, like I always sit in the chair that's closest to the kitchen so that if I need to get something for someone, I can hop up and do that. So that's basically what I do is I um, position myself that if there's a problem with a child, I'm able to get down there and hopefully not distract from what's going on um, with conversation because that obviously is the whole point of our home groups is to be able to create great conversation with people um, and to lead them to Jesus. So we want to, you know, eliminate distractions as much as possible. If there was an issue with the child, um, like I said, I would hop down there, um, cause we have a basement and that's where we have the kids go and check with the babysitter to hear what the situation was. And if it wasn't something that I could handle on my own, um, and encourage or calm or, um, you know, help that child, or in the babysitter with that child, then I would just um, hop up back upstairs and grab that parent and have them come back down. Um, you just, again, want to eliminate distractions and you also want the parent whose um, child is having issues to feel comfortable. Well, I can't say that we've necessarily had an issue where kids aren't following instructions, but we've had issues where kids are just too young or they're upset. They don't want to just go into a bedroom um, with a couple of strangers, uh, understandably. And so we've just tried to be laid back about it and let uh, really little ones just hang out down with us. Um, And uh, sometimes we'll split up the kids. We'll split them up into you know, little kids in one room and then big kids can go play in the basement and put like an older kid in charge. Um, it oh. all depends. Go ahead. I was going to say, if there's dessert, you can bribe them by saying, if you stay in the room and you're quiet and good, then you can have a cupcake or a cookie yes. when home group is over. <laughs> that agree. works for our kids. Yes. <laughs> it tends to work for most of them, mm-hmm. but don't give them the dessert before you no, send them up to be quiet. not. Dessert is last thing. Yes. So um, kids can be an intimidating part of home group, but um, they don't necessarily have to be. I would, first off, make sure you have a babysitter, especially if the ages of your kids are very young or even just a bunch of kids the same age that could get kind of rowdy. Sometimes we even use two babysitters just because one could be with the rowdy kids and one could be with the little kids. Um, And then... I would say um, if there is a conflict or something that arises during your group, um, I would see if you could handle it yourself first before bringing in the parents because what we don't want is to embarrass people into not wanting to come back to our group. So if you do need to involve the parents, calmly inform them about the issues and ask how you can better set up their child for success in your house. So sometimes that just means like, hey, would they like to use our iPad or would um, you know X, Y, or Z make them more comfortable so that we can you know also make this child want to come back to our home group too? Yeah, and people who do this usually have kids too, and this is a great opportunity for you to invite your kids into like make this a family thing. Hey, there's going to be kids over. See if you can help them with their devices, or see if you can help them with this, that, and the other, and make sure to play with this. And so you make hosting home groups a, a family event um, again with expectations. It's it's good to kind of prep everyone. Hey, we're going to have send the kids downstairs to the basement or put them in the other room in, in five or ten minutes. Make sure everyone goes to the bathroom. Um, and then the first time you want to walk the babysitter in there and then tell all the kids, hey, here's the rules. And just kind of you be the one laying some of that, that stuff out to kind of set their expectations for that. And the biggest one is don't go too long. Um, the tendency is to build a lot of relationships and, and go super long. Um, let it spread out over the weeks. Otherwise, you're going to have you know one or two people that are going to have a lot of problems running up and down uh, with, with kids coming in and out. Number four, what if something comes up in our discussion time and there doesn't seem to be a clear answer within our group and I am unsure of how to answer the question myself? How do I respond? Usually when that happens in our, in our group, um, I will just blankly look over at Kate. Oh, <laughs> we probably both look at each other. Um, no, if we don't need the answer to the question, I think the best thing to do is just say, actually, I don't know either. Um, or I don't know the answer to that question, but what I can do is I can look into it for you. Um, maybe check out what the Bible has to say, ask, um, around to some people that I respect and see if they have any advice. Um, and we can, you know, circle back to that, um, you know, in the next group. And I think that saying that you're going to follow up and then actually following up with them, uh, finding out the answer, finding out more information builds a lot of credibility um, with them. 
and I think it's good too, like, if you don't look like you know everything, <laughs> because you want them to feel comfortable, you want them to not think that, oh, just because you're a home group leader, you have all the answers, like, so, yeah. For really hard or difficult questions, don't be afraid of awkward silence. Um, just let that, let that stew for a little bit and see if anyone has anything to say. I don't always have answers to the questions. Thankfully, my wife does. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I defer to her a lot of the times. Um, you can also pray about it. If it's something confusing or whatever, you can pray for wisdom and maybe it'll come to people later. I think if you don't know the correct biblical answer to something, the best thing to do is just table it and just say that. So say, hey, I, I don't know the answer to that. We're going to table this. I'm going to find out and I'll get back to you or we can touch back in on this next week. And then you can just reach out to Vinay um, about it. Also, if there is a situation where maybe you like said something and you were unsure if that was the right way to handle it, I always like reach out to Vinay for that as well. And she can either say, yes, that's good, or provide you with like correction of the situation. Um, another another good one for sure. Um, I would say that setting expectations in the beginning of the group is going to be helpful. Um, that way you can say, hey, we may not know the answers to all these, but hey, we're going through this together. We're not here because we're the experts. We're always going to be learning. And so when something comes up, you want to show a, a lot of empathy and they may be talking about a struggle or something that they have and you want to be able to, you may not be able to relate to it, but you can still show empathy and be like, that must be really hard. That must be kind of difficult or, hey, yeah, I'm not sure, but this is a perfect time to be able to take this to the Lord in prayer. So I'm going to make a note here. And then when we come back at the end, we'll make sure to, to pray for this. Um, and that way you can move on to the next person without settling too hard and having people try to scramble. Because sometimes when you open up those kind of questions to the rest of the group, you get some opinions that you really don't agree with. And so you can kind of lead and shape that question by listening, having empathy, and then saying, okay, let's mark this to pray with it about the end. And that just trains them to, to take hard things to the Lord because they're, they're going to encounter their own things that they may not know. Um, I think that's a good way to deal with it. Number five, from your many experiences with Home Group, tell me what you feel has contributed to making yours so successful. So I originally thought that my home group would be successful because of things that I did, because of something that I would say or the way that I would lead the group. Um, but I would always be, quote, disappointed in myself, um, thinking that I maybe wasn't leading the group well enough. But it turns out, I think, that just opening your home consistently, showing up, being there for people, um, means more than those other things. Yeah, to add what Stephen is saying, I think if you're just focused on the needs um, of the other people in your group, like if you have outside eyes knowing that people are coming into your home and basically your job is just to make them feel welcome and give them a safe place to open up in conversation. Um, but yeah, showing up consistently and you know just looking to the needs of the people that are coming to your group. If anything, out of your home group, even if you don't learn about the material matter, subject matter, what you're trying to gain is your relationships with other people. So keep it lighthearted, be friendly, ask questions too. That's the best way to make people feel special and like you wanna actually be their friend. Um, we've, we have a lot of friends that we would have never had um, because we have home groups. So keep that in mind. Um, you're making friends here and you're helping each other. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah, and don't be afraid to share your flaws and times that you've messed up too because that's going to make other people feel more comfortable uh, talking about uh, times when they've fallen short. And uh, oftentimes I know when they see people like home group leaders, they think, oh, they must have it all together and... Um, you know, they don't ever make mistakes. And, you know, we all know that that's definitely not true. And sometimes sharing where you fall short will make them feel more comfortable talking and uh, like they have more in common with you. Building community is what makes these groups successful. And so that doesn't mean that everybody's your best friend and you're inviting them to your kid's birthday. That means that 
you know, you're connecting them with people at church on a Sunday that you know, you know, are going through the same thing or that they have a lot in common with. Um, These six weeks go by really fast. And so keeping in contact with your group, whether that looks like doing a Bible plan or just checking in with people individually um, and, and making sure the people that haven't taken those next steps that you continue to have those conversations and lead them that way. I think what has made ours uh, successful in the past uh, are three main things I try to focus on. So being prepared and setting expectations, not just preparing myself, but preparing the group for what's going to happen. That way it's less stressful when it does happen, especially for new environments for people. So preparing for them and then preparing them as well. Um, having an attitude of serving, number two. So serving them, that you're always going to be looking for ways to help and, and engage with them. Uh, just like we keep ourselves busy on, on a Sunday morning, look for opportunities to serve. And then the third one is really important is laughing a lot. Uh, you want to be able to engage with the group and have empathy and, and build relationships. And that's going to happen just through natural conversation and just being able to laugh um, with each other. Yeah. And I would say um, as far as logistics, uh, make sure you have a firm start and end time. Um, it helps set clear expectations. It makes people more likely to come and to continue to come when they know what to expect and they can rely on you to be consistent and know like, okay, you know, I can still get my kids to bed at a decent hour or um, I know that I can fit this in my schedule in the middle of my busy week, um, whatever it may be. And um, also just constant communication. Have people let you know in advance what they will be contributing if you're doing a meal um, remind them that they need to bring money for the babysitter and set them up for success with that. Tell them, bring all the money up front if that's easier for you. Or, hey, here's the Venmo account for the babysitter. Something that um, is going to make it easy for them to um, continue to contribute. We want to teach them to be contributors through our home group, just like we do, you know, at, at Journey Church on a Sunday. Um, and I would say my last bit of advice there would be to do it even when it's uncomfortable. Uh, it's not going to be perfect, yeah, and right. the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah, it's true, and it it it, it may not be easy. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. Um, there's very few things more rewarding than not just serving a journey, but when you serve in your own home, and then you know you and your team and anyone else who's there can talk about it and laugh about it, and you know share struggles with uh, things that happen. It's, it's a good time. We want to thank you again for joining us today and for those who shared their personal experiences with us. We hope you feel better equipped to lead and that you enjoyed hearing those tips. If you still have any questions that we may have not covered, please reach out to Vinay or myself. We are happy and willing to help you in any way that we can. Uh, Just a reminder, all of the related links to the content we discussed today will be in the show notes. All right. Well, you guys have a great rest of your day and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye, everyone.